Heyo! Welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with a bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Hello, my Built to Be You friend. I'm extra excited to be here this week, and this week's episode is coming to you at a different day of the week. I usually release solo episodes on Tuesday, but today is Thursday if you are listening to this in real time the day it is released, and it's because your girl has been trying to reintegrate into a new routine or back into my routine, I should say, you know, letting my body recover and rest when I need it. I've been back from Egypt for about a week and a half now, and I've been trying to reflect and process all of the trip was and incredible is the only word that I can like even begin to describe the experience that I had, a transformational connection, growth, community, and it was a trip that really embodied all of the things that I really value in my life when it comes to travel, when it comes to experiences, and it was just so incredible. So if you're like, Michaela, what? You went to Egypt? Why? I went on a women's only kite safari with 20 other women. And again, emphasis on the women's only, which I loved. We stayed on a yacht for seven days. We learned how to kite surf. I took intro beginner lessons, which is a whole nother story. We did about 36 hours in Cairo, saw the pyramids, did all of that fun touristy stuff. And I had a feeling going into this trip that it was going to be a recharging trip. It was going to be a trip that I looked back on and I'm like, man, I feel so reignited. I feel so re-engaged with life. And it really was that just because I had the opportunity to disconnect. I was on a yacht in the middle of the Red Sea. You know, I didn't have service. My phone battery would last me four days at a time. Social media was not at the top of my mind. Email checking was not at the top of my mind. Work was not at the top of the mind. The only thing that was at the top of my mind was being present with myself and with the people around me, you know, connecting with new women from literally all across the world, learning how to be a beginner at a new extreme support that absolutely tested my limits in ways that I didn't even know was possible. And I know that you didn't push play on today's episode to hear about my Egypt trip, but it was truly something that is going to shape and experience a lot of life lessons for me, right? You're probably going to hear me refer back to this trip for weeks, months, years to come, because that's the power of experiencing life and traveling is. And there's a reason why travel is so high on my value list. And it's something that I budget for. It's something that I manage my time, energy, and finances for without a doubt, because it's so important to me. But you probably pushed play on today's episode because there has been a time, or maybe you are navigating this feeling in real time, a moment where you just want to give up, where life felt really heavy or really hard. You doubted your abilities. You told yourself it'd probably never work out for you anyway. So why? I keep trying. And I was going back and I was reading my journal because learning to kite was one of the most physically and mentally demanding sports I have ever tried. There were days where I was 
just wanted to sit on the beach and pout. I wanted to cross my arms and say, I can't do it. I remember the first day, you know, our very first lesson, they put up what they call the quote unquote short lines. They're like 20 meters, like 20 meters long or something like that. Like some, they're like, they're like tower skyscrapers. The kite went up in the air, you know, it's, I'm looking up at it and it's literally towering over my head. My legs felt weak. Like they couldn't stay on the ocean floor as my instructor was like fighting to hold me back to keep me in one place. My heart was racing. There was heaviness in my chest. I felt so overwhelmed. I had this fear of being whisked out into the deep blue sea. And it's funny. It's funny how we form these perceptions and we pre-decide how something isn't going to work for us or how scary it is or all of the things that could go wrong. Instead of thinking about all of the things that could go right, all of the opportunities that lie on the other side, all of the growth that happens in the process and full transparency, I did not think learning to kite was going to be that hard. I didn't realize all of the steps, all the safety considerations, the moving pieces, the new terminology. And on this trip, there was about, I want to say six or seven of us who were first time kiters, you know, very, very fresh beginners. And as we were sailing out to sea on that first day, it was about a three and a half hour sail. We were talking like, man, like I really don't have any idea what to expect. And I said this from the get go. I was like, it's going to be so humbling being a beginner because it's been so long since I've been at the bottom of the totem pole. It's been so long since I've been like fresh me in something new, right? And I was going back and reading through my journal and I wrote in my journal the morning after my first session. So I had some time to reflect and decompress. It was a fresh day and I wrote, watching others zip, jump and weave through the ocean makes it seem so doable, but doing it makes it feel so impossible. And I remember getting so frustrated. A lump was well at the back of my throat when I couldn't get the kite to go the way that I wanted or when I couldn't keep my legs on the ocean floor. I would scream. I would be like, I'm feeling frustrated. And I would look at my instructor and I'd be like, okay, I need a break. You know, I would go back to the beach feeling defeated. I would get picked up by the Zodiac, aka the support or rescue boat coming to get me because I was literally in the part of the ocean where you couldn't even see the ocean floor anymore. And I was well on my way out to the middle of the deep blue sea. It's a little dramatic, but they would heave me into their boat and they would putter me back to where I could touch again and I would start again. And this is what I want to say about the moments where you feel like giving up. In the moments where you're questioning yourself, if you should keep going or if you should just throw in the towel, how could a break benefit you? Sometimes a simple step back, a chance to regroup, a chance to get a fresh perspective can give you the time and space you need to realize what is and isn't working. You know, time to troubleshoot, time to reflect, asking yourself, what can I do differently the next time I go back out there or the next time I choose to, you know, try again and a chance to simply create new energy, right? And sometimes it's hard if your ego is too big to say, hey, I need a break. But I will tell you this, I was not afraid to look at my instructor and be like, look it, by continuing to push through and move forward, it's doing more harm than good because I know that I'm so far in my head that nothing that I do after this point is going to feel like it's working. It's going to continue to send me this downward spiral of frustration and exhaustion. And so you have to know yourself. You have to know when it is that you need a break versus when it is that you need to push through. So when you find yourself in a situation where you're like, do I give up? Do I just completely throw in the towel? Do I keep pushing through? 
is there another option? I do believe there is. There's an option to rest, to break, to just have a self, uh, give yourself a moment to regroup. And sometimes that regroup moment can be so pivotal and so transformational and so recharging for yourself and for your energy. And another thing that I learned that was probably one of the most important things was asking myself, how can I celebrate me more? And so that's my question to you. How can you learn to celebrate yourself more, even more than you are right now? The littlest things, the simplest things. You got out of bed today, congrats, sis. You showed up to the gym one time for 20 minutes, Hell yes, you did. You know, celebrating those small wins are going to help you build momentum over time. And there were so many times where whether it was the Zodiac picked me up or I just stomped my little feet into the beach where I would be minus a pair of sunglasses, cuts and bruises in new places, my ego a little bit more hurt than when I went into the water, my nose and mouth full of salt water. But yet I would walk back onto that beach and the crew that I was with would clap. They would celebrate my face plants. And by the end of the week, I was learning to do the same about myself. It didn't matter if I got on the board and face planted. It didn't matter if I didn't even get on the board. But the fact that I was out there trying spoke volumes. And it's so important for you to celebrate the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the saltwater filled moments. And I realized in that week, not only how important it is to celebrate myself, but also how important it is to celebrate others, right? A lot of times we get so stuck. We get so tunnel vision on what it is that we're working on that you forget to acknowledge all the growth and all the goodness around you, whether that's friends, family members, coworkers. When was the last time you took time to acknowledge and celebrate what it is that they're doing and how it is that they're showing up in addition to celebrating yourself? And again, celebrating yourself doesn't have to look like some like, woo, dance party, although like I ton of ton recommend like throwing your hands in the air, throwing on your favorite pump up tune and be like, yeah, get a girl, get a girl, you know, like it's so important to celebrate yourself in those kinds of ways because it just makes you have a greater sense of appreciation for the work that you're doing. You know, whether like regardless of the outcome, you still can celebrate yourself. You still can say, hey, I'm here today. I'm showing up. So when you find yourself ready to quit or ready to give up, how can you take a moment to celebrate yourself in order to build momentum, to build that belief and credibility that you do have what it takes to lift your spirits just a little bit higher because doesn't it feel good to build yourself up rather than tear yourself down to look at all the reasons why it is working or why you are growing or how it is going to work out for you better than you ever could have imagined instead of, you know, the other alternative, the other narrative, which I'm not even going to go there because we don't need that negative energy, but you do need to learn how to celebrate yourself more. And It's funny because we would do a morning and an afternoon session that was separated with a break back on the yacht with lunch and rest. And I remember one day, I can remember several days where I would go out in the morning and I would crush my morning session and it felt like things were clicking. And it was funny how each day progressed so fluidly on the previous day, right? The first day I was terrified to even get in the water. Kite control was basically non-existent. I was flopping every which direction trying to keep that kite in the air. 
The second day I went out there and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel in control of this kite. I know that I'm stronger than this kite. I know that I have what it takes to eventually be an independent kiter and get on that board. But it was it was so cool to see the progression, how quickly the progression happened because we were spending a good chunk of time each day, right? Like the point of this trip was not only to do yoga every single morning and every single evening and to connect with epic humans and to just disconnect from the world, but also to learn how to kite, right? Like I literally paid for 10 hours of kiting lessons. So I was going to utilize them, but I can think of one morning specifically crushed my morning session. Like I felt so in control. I felt so confident what I was doing. I even got up on the board a couple of times and it felt great. And then I went out in the afternoon and it was like, I was just getting ripped through the water. Face plant after face plant, after body slam, after body slam. Like when I tell you, I did not realize how dangerous of a sport kite surfing is. I'm for real because it was low key. Like hindsight, looking back at it, I'm like, holy shit. If anybody was present for every single belly flop or face plant or body butt bomb that I had, you would be like, Michaela what did you do for seven days? Anyways, moral of the story, it's important to know that not everything in your life can be 100%. And when I had those days where certain sessions felt stronger or better than the others, it reminded me a lot of marathon training or running, which I've been doing for five plus years now. When I was a new runner, there's so many parallels in how I was feeling as a new kiter to when I was a new runner but not every run can be 100%. And so when I felt myself getting discouraged having those um, like highs and lows of sessions, I was like, Michaela, this is exactly like marathon training. Sometimes there's gonna be a lot of external factors that you can't control. You can't control. For example, the wind, you know, the knots of the wind, the other kiters that are around, the number of kiters that are around. There was other yachts out to sea. So, you know, we were sharing the space with other people and I can't control that, but what I can control is how I show up. So when you find yourself one to quit, asking yourself, is this my 100% for right now? And how can you learn to be accepting that your 100% is going to look different based on different circumstances? In this case, for example, wind knots. Certain sessions, the knots were so high that it wasn't really quote unquote safe for beginners. Also, like, I don't even know if that's correct terminology. Like the knots were high. (laughs) There was a lot of high wind. Let's put it that way, which is the point in theory to, you know, be successful at kiting, it requires wind. It's called kite surfing. You need wind to get the kite into the air. You need the kite in the air to carry you through the water, AKA lots of wind is good, but certain amounts of wind are a little bit too much for somebody who was in a beginner's shoes, which my instructors were so willing and so graceful and so helpful in that sense, which like my whole heart goes out to them because they had so much patience. Anyways, off that tangent. By the last day, I was considered a quote-unquote independent rider, and it was absolutely terrifying to get in the water alone. But also, like, not that terrifying because there were so many people around. I knew the Zodiac, the rescue boat was around. You know, my instructor was on, like, the beach watching me. I had other people in the water with me. But knowingly and willingly getting my kite up in the air, gearing up to do a power stroke, which is what you do to get enough force to get your body onto the board, and basically just knowing that a face plant was not even 10 seconds away because full transparency, I was not a good kiter. I would not even say I was a proficient kiter. I have so much work to do, 
but I was not somebody who gave up. I tried, I learned, I belly flopped, I face plant, I butt bombed, I tried again. And that is what separates good from great. You don't have to be the best, you don't have to be an expert, but you do have to ask yourself, do you believe you are worth not giving up, right? I came back from Egypt with bruised ribs and a full heart. It was the most transformational trip. It was experimental, it was discouraging, yet encouraging at the same time. It was hard and it was humbling. So my question for you is, what would happen if you didn't give up? What kind of person could you become? What lessons would you learn? What could you accomplish? And sometimes that might mean that you need a break to recalibrate or to redirect. Sometimes that might mean you need to celebrate yourself a little extra and then go ahead and pay it forward. Share that love to the people around you because energy is so damn contagious. And sometimes that might mean that you adjust your expectations of what 100% might look like day to day and accept that your 100% today is enough, right? And I'm not done, right? I came home with, honestly, I thought I shattered my ribs. (laughs) I was in so much pain when I would breathe, when I would lay, when I would lift, when I would run. And I was like, man, I can't wait for one day to go take more kite lessons because I am not done. I am not somebody who gives up. And when you have that mentality and you have that drive and you know that you are worth not giving up, nothing feels impossible. Nothing feels out of reach because you know with belief and a whole lot of work, anything is possible for you. But you have to be willing to show up in the unsexy, in the uncomfortable, in the really hard times to know that what lies on the other side is going to turn out so much better than you ever could have imagined. But you don't ever get to that level or to that level of expertise without being a beginner first. And man, Being a beginner is so humbling. It really is. It tests your ego. It tests your skills. It tests your patience. It tests your your ability to handle hard things. But I almost love it. I didn't love it in the moment. But looking back, I did love it. I do love it. I think it's such a beautiful example that everybody starts somewhere. The people that you admire and look up to started in your exact shoes where you are listening to this right now, right? Nobody is better than you. Nobody is more skilled than you or more, you know, more um, at an advantage than you. They're just willing to work harder than you. So are you going to be the person that lets others work harder or are you going to be the person that works hard yourself? I don't know. Just a little bit of food for thought there. But I really do want you to ask yourself... Get out your journal, take a couple minutes to close your eyes and reflect on this. What would happen if you didn't give up? What could change in your life if you kept going? What would happen if you believed in yourself that you were worthy enough to keep going? And that is my post-Egypt reflection, one of many, many lessons that I learned and absolutely not the last time that you will hear about my trip But if you love this episode, I would love if you tag me over on Instagram at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore and let me know what it is that you're going to keep showing up for. Even if it feels feels hard, even if it feels uncomfortable, what are you going to keep showing up for? What are you going to believe in yourself that you're worthy enough to not give up on and know that you have exactly, exactly what it takes, my friend. 
Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon. Thank you.